when you leave my store, I want to be able to walk up to my employee that helped you and say, what was her name? What were her dog's names? What do they eat? What do they like? That way we know you. And the next time you come in, we can be like, hey, how did they like whatever we you know, recommended for you? So it's more of a personal experience. You know, they, we really consider our customers to be family. Welcome to the Channel Mastery Podcast. If you're a specialty business and brand leader obsessed with understanding what the most effective channels are today to connect with, serve, and sell to your target consumers, then you've just found the perfect podcast and community. My name is Kristen Carpenter, and I'm your host and the founder of Verde Brand Communications, the presenting sponsor of Channel Mastery. Verde created the Channel Mastery Podcast to level the playing field for the specialty brands we serve. Every week on this show, we study how consumer preferences are changing and the evolving channels they like to use to engage with their favorite brands. Once again, welcome to Channel Mastery and subscribe today. Nancy Quinn is the founder and president of Dog Crazy, a retail pet product store that is really a lot more than that. It is a community hub. And the things that Nancy thinks of and deploys in her business are so thoughtful. She uses the golden rule. It's super obvious. Like she's built a business she wished existed. Okay. Um, But so thoughtful and so, so specialty. You will probably think to yourself, oh, I know that, but are you doing it? Have you selected a few of the things that are so hand done and artisan for your community? That's what I want you to get inspired about today. We really need to pay attention to the details and Nancy's interview here screams that, okay? It's all about being human and building that emotional connection through service, okay? Transaction will follow in specialty. Nancy takes the time and makes sure her staff does too to get to know and tailor services to her shoppers and her community. She knows what she's great at and what her business excels at and she keeps building more surprise and delight into the specialty variety uh, the basically what they provide from a customer service standpoint into her channels that people follow her and Dog Crazy on. Dog Crazy was founded in 2006, but do you know what's amazing? They've expanded to seven locations in 2020, as in COVID 2020 this year. Lots of expansion. Like that is incredible in and of itself, right? So keep your ear to this episode and learn from her and see what you can instill into your specialty retail shop or brand. Okay. Um, this is a very entertaining episode because Nancy is very energetic and very smart and really thinks about things in an interesting way. Take note of the things that you can resurrect in your specialty business or build into it as you end 2020 and start 2021 with this hand touch approach that she deploys. I hope you enjoy this special episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast and please consider it cross-training for your specialty brand or business. I really hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, let's drop into the Nancy Gwynn episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. Let's do this. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I have a very enthusiastic specialty 
person to share with you today who is so multifaceted. I can't call her a retailer or a brand because you're really both. You embody everything. Um, Nancy Gwynn is joining us from Dog Crazy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Your energy is just so um, contagious. So let's start by having you give our amazing audience here, like, how did you found this company? Like, tell us the founding story. So I was actually in school to become a dog trainer. And um, I had a little bulldog named Piglet. She was the love of my life. And she was my student for class. My boss, I was working in the medical field. He'd let me bring her to work every day. And then when she was about four months old, he said, you know, she's starting to get big. Bulldogs get a little gassy. And he said, you're, you know, not gonna, you're not going to be able to bring her anymore. And I said, well, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to be a dog trainer. You know, I had $8,000 in the bank and I thought I was rich. And uh, I said, I'm going to be a dog trainer. So I'm going to give my two week notice and I'm going to quit and I'm going to open my own dog training business. And I don't need this job. So that night, Piglet and I actually were on our way to class and there was a store downtown and it's called Dog Days. It had been there for 10 years. And right when we pulled up to get supplies for class, the owner put store closing in the window. And I got out of my car and I walked in and I said, Kathy, you can't close. We need a dog store. And she said, well, if you want one, then open one. So I went to school that night and I talked to my teacher and I said, look, I have this opportunity. And she said, oh my God, please do it. You, you're just awful at training. She goes, you're great with people. You're great with dogs, but you are not like, I would, didn't have that alpha personality that you needed to be a dog trainer. So I actually went in the next day and I signed the lease and I opened the first door. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> to this day, I literally ran up every one of my credit cards. I did whatever I could. Like every day was a challenge, but I got through it. And then I met my husband two months later, um, and then he joined me five years ago. So um, five years ago, he joined me, and right after he joined me, I actually lost my bulldog, Piglet. She passed away. Um, and sorry. after she passed away, thank you, yeah. She, but still, to this day, everything is for her. Everything I do is still because of that dog. Um, but after he joined me, we realized we couldn't work in the same building together. So we opened <laughs> our second store. And then I took some time off after Piglet died just to kind of like refocus and get myself back together. And then I realized that I wanted everybody in the world to know who she was. So we opened our third store and then three months after that, our fourth, and now we're up to seven. So yeah, we're just expanding and growing and um, I'm done for a little bit, I think though, just for, yeah, for now. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this? Uh, well, we just celebrated our 14 year anniversary. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. That is a very inspiring story. And let's talk about your mission and then let's talk about kind of how you've expanded and then let's lead into what I think is going to be one of the most important conversations I've had, frankly, this year, which is how you have grown through service through COVID. So let's talk about, um, you know, kind of how you grew. So you, you said you're up to 14 stores, but let's talk oh, about no, no, kind of no. miles. Seven, seven stores. We've been open seven. 14 years. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad. So let's talk about kind of like the trajectory of that. Like, um, obviously you mentioned you couldn't work in the same building, which I just love how open you are. With all of this. He's very business minded and I'm very creative. So like there were things, and I don't like change. Like I was fine with writing everything down in pieces of paper and checking people out manually. And immediately he's like, we need a point of sale system. And I was like, I don't want a point of sale system. I broke down. We have one now, but now he wants to change it again. And I won't let him. I love our point of sale system. I don't ever want it to change because it links everything. It's so easy to use. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, he's just very business. He does all the money. He does all the books and I handle all the events, the products, the employees. So we awesome. work well together now. Now we actually have a hard time not being in the same room together. So like oh. when he's in one store and I'm in another, we're texting each other. Hey, I miss you. What are you doing? Things like that. So oh, yeah, we, we grew so nice. to, you know, <laughs> work well together. 
And um, tell us about how you kind of unfolded all of these channels and in what order. So, you know, I think at first it was brick and mortar. Um, it Was it a service expansion? Like, tell us about how you've expanded. So I started off in a very small store um, with, I think I had $4,000 worth of inventory to begin with. And now, like I just pulled our numbers, we have, I think, $2 million in inventory in our stores. Um, so I started off with just retail, just specialty goods, treats, toys, no food or anything like that. Then I went to school and decided to become a pet nutritionist. So I brought food in. So then, then I included food in the store. That actually took us over the top and we were able to expand from 1,000 square feet to 4,000 square feet. So we moved into that building. And then after that, we added grooming to our business. We added service to it. Um, I did I did do pet sitting on the side for a few customers, not very often, but it took so much time out of my day because I couldn't just go for a half hour. I would go and spend hours there instead of, you know, whatever they were paying me for. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, because I love dog, you know, when I go there to view their dogs, I feel guilty when I left. Um, and then after that, we actually... Um, went into online about two years ago. We started doing online, very little, not a lot, mostly in-store pickup. We had a few people we delivered to on the side. Um, and then it wasn't until COVID hit that we really expanded with online. And now we're doing, um, our online stores actually beating some of our brick and mortar stores. Wow. So let's talk about that because ultimately here we are in October of 2020. It's not that we have like, I mean, we just went through monumental change. Our consumer has changed forever. <laughs> but it's like, I think that the um, nimble small business owners who really have a pulse on who they serve are able to actually look back on the year and decide like, okay, that was really hard. And there was a lot to learn. What can we kind of break down, pull out and throw away? And what are we going to keep? Like, I, I'm super curious to hear like what Obviously, with your locations closed, you were probably forced to have to look at like some sort of a digital interface of some kind. So talk us through like how you decided to take the steps that you did um, and how you were discovering kind of the satisfaction of serving in a new way. Well, we actually never had to close. So oh, wow, okay. it's considered essential. So we've been open the entire time. Um, two of our locations, we did close two days a week just because of staffing issues. That lasted for, I believe, the most three weeks. We had, so we lost six days out of one month. Um, but other than that, we were able to restock pretty quickly. Our employees jumped on the bandwagon. Just, they were amazing. I can't speak enough about them. Um, we actually, when we got the PPP loan, we used it to actually give all of our employees a 20% raise just because oh. we were so thankful to them for just sticking with us and sorry, I love them so much. <laughs> um, but so when, when COVID first hit though, for the first couple of days, it was hard. Like our sales had dropped significantly. Um, and then we had a spurt and we saw so many online sales coming through. So I went on and I did a couple of live videos and I said, Hey guys, just remember we do do online sales. We moved a bunch of employees over to driving. We had, um, we had our own delivery van and then we have company vehicles that are wrapped that have our logos on it. So we use those and we were driving those and we had numerous at one point, I think we had seven employees out delivering packages um, it, within a 30 mile radius of all of our stores. So you, it was about a 200 mile circumference completely. Wow. But I mean, it just took off so much that we were running the online part out of the back of one of our stores. We had a training facility there and we actually closed that down because we weren't training new employees, of course. And we turned it into a where, warehouse, the web store. And uh, we were ordering everything out of there and shipping out of there. And it just, we outgrew that in about a month. And we moved and we ended up moving into a 5,000 square foot warehouse. And then wow. we had another in, delivery van. In the middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID. That was one month into COVID. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, that we is. did, but that I knew we were going to go that direction and it made sense. We have so many stores. It's nice to be able to order things in bulk and be able to just separate it. It saves me on shipping costs. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's pain, it's more money, but it, you know, it really did benefit us. And have you seen, um, from the beginning, like, I'd love to hear how you've seen your consumer behavior change. Cause obviously uh, uh, everything that we're reading now and providing to our specialty audiences, no matter what it is or where it comes from, the number one thing we see is one of the most learned behaviors and the ways people were served through COVID that isn't going away is the fact that they're doing the entire consumer decision journey online now from discovery to research to purchase validation to purchase, right? Where they're actually buying online. Whereas prior to this, a lot of people were still buying in specialty if that's what they used to do. And they had a reason to do that. But point being is like, what are some of the like behaviors you know will remain in your consumers beyond COVID from what happened in COVID? We did have a lot of people switched online and they really, really enjoy the online, but we haven't, we've, we've, we've tracked them. We really haven't lost them in our stores. They still come to the stores with their dogs because the big thing about our, our, our business is it's customer service based. So when you come into my store, it's not just a, Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you? It's a, hi, what kind of dog are we shopping for today? What's the name of your dog? What is your dog like? When you leave my store, I want to be able to walk up to my employee that helped you and say, what was her name? What were her dog's names? What do they eat? What do they like? That way we know you. And the next time you come in, we can be like, hey, how did they like whatever we you know, recommended for you? So it's more of a personal experience. You know, they, we really consider our customers to be family. So we really, even the ones that do shop online, they still come to our stores. Granted, they don't buy in bulk like they used to when they would come in for food, but they still come in for toys and treats and things they have to see and feel and touch. And I'm still doing events, which is still bringing them to the stores. So that way they're still coming in and wanting to participate in the events that we're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about the events and were those also considered, um, like how did you socially distance those or make them like, were you still seeing people coming in even at the height of COVID when we were, okay. Tell we us actually had to that. limit how many people were allowed in the store. We actually had somebody counting and we would tell people we need you to wait outside. We didn't have to. We, we were never instructed that we couldn't have people in our store because we are considered essential, but we limited it to 10 people to make our employees and to make our customers feel safe. Um, okay. But with events I've done, I've, I've made just fun events. Example, um, October 1st is Willy Wonka Day. So I actually, my golden eggs that I had bought for an Easter, Easter egg hunt, we normally do an Easter egg hunt where we hide eggs all over our stores and customers can come in and find them and there's different things in the eggs. I had like 500 eggs just sitting here that I couldn't do anything with. And I was like, what else can I do with these golden eggs? And I was like, oh, Willy Wonka, that's it. So we made a bunch of like really cute treats to put inside of the eggs. And then I made little golden Wonka bars out of carob and yogurt for our customers. And if you find one of the Wonka bars in the egg, then you want a gift basket and they're for purchase. So they're in our bakery cases with all of our regular dog treats and people can come and they can purchase an egg and they know this event is going on. And then they're so excited. I have people messaging me, are there any eggs left? What if I go to this location? Can I get more at this one? So little things like that, where it's, they're coming in, but it's not big gatherings. They're coming in to get something that I'm only making available at certain times. Okay. I want everybody to like, make sure you're paying attention to this because this is specialty. What you just described is literally like a party that they're invited to. So you made them feel part of your family. We know their name. We know what their dog's like. And then you're still hosting these events that give them something to be part of, right? Yes. And we saw um, in some of our other um, markets that we serve and communities we serve, really the consumer was only able to have that through content. 
And it sounds like, thankfully, for what you were supposed to do and the type of business you had during COVID, you were able to still host people and bring that community together. And I bet people were super hungry for that. And you probably had very strong demand. So I think that I just want to make sure that everybody stops and really hears, even though you were the type of business that was able to remain open. I think that you probably are the type of entrepreneur who would have brought that experience online if you couldn't do it in person. Well, I did. So I'm actually immunocompromised. So I couldn't be in my stores for the first couple of months. My husband would not allow it. I have a heart and lung condition. And he was like, we can't have you there. If something happens to me, then, you know, there's, there's not much they can do to save me. Um, so I, that was one other reason we rented the warehouse was because I could be there and I could be safe and I could still interact with my customers. So every order that came in, I would actually personalize it. So I would have a handwritten note. I would, I always sent a little gift with it, whether it was a bag of treats or a sticker or something fun. I would all decorate the box with the dog's name on it. Um, so I made sure they knew that I was still there, even though they weren't seeing me in the store. So they were still, they were still a part of me. You know what I mean? It's just, and I would get notes back saying, oh my God, I can't believe Nancy did that on my, you know, on my package. That was so sweet of her to put that little note in there. Like I had one, it was my very first customer. She, she did a big order online and I got the order and I started crying and I said, she's been with me for 14 years, you know? And I wrote her this long note about how she was my very first customer, the first person I ever met when I opened. And I couldn't believe that 14 years later, she was still shopping for me. I put all sorts of things in her box and shipped it off to her house. And the next day I got the nicest email from her. She's like, I had no idea I was your first customer. And she's like, that's so heartwarming to know that you remember that, you know, and yes, little things like that. I still, even though I couldn't be there, I still made that extra effort. So yes, it's an online sale, but it's still coming from me, the person that they met in my store. Surprise and delight. Yes. And I feel like there might be a lot of people listening who are like, who has time for this? I'm just trying to keep the lights on. And you know what? This is how we differentiate ourselves from mega marketplaces, mega retailers, uh, companies that have tons of money to accrue and use data to create personalized experience. I'm sorry, but the person who received that box from you will never receive anything from a marketplace or Target or Nordstrom's or any of those large, well-funded, ginormous companies that could possibly compare to what you're doing. And let's also not forget, there's some major trends going on with COVID in terms of turning back to your local community for connection, but also to support your local community because everybody can't travel. Not everybody, but lots of people are still not traveling and they're, we're anticipating like with our winter sport brands, um, people are going to be like just doing localized recreation. They're not going to be like traveling to resorts. So like everything is kind of hyper-local. It's a home-based economy is what they're saying. So the types of things you're doing are hand-built and hand-tailored and artisan, but that is specialty. And I feel like the more we can keep time to invest in that, it's definitely time well spent. It may not be like the amount of time you're allocated to do this or whatever, but it's time well spent right now because you're able to win the hearts and the minds, but mostly the hearts of your target consumers. And you're serving them in a time with like, with something warm and and familiar. Yes, they're getting their needs met and they're getting their solution, but they're also getting that like really good feeling of like belonging and trust. And I, I just, everybody can find a version of what you do. Everybody can. And it's not hard. I mean, we all sit and relax at night. I'll sit down and write notes while I'm doing that. I made the Hershey bars while I was watching TV, the Wonka bars for the golden eggs. I did them in my home while I was watching TV. You know, there's always time to do something. I'm not, but I've never been a person who could just sit around and do nothing. Same. Always (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about holiday. Like, what are some of the fun things that you have planned 
coming up here because obviously this is another very important time. Um, I like to think of it this way, and I've talked about this on a bunch of podcasts in the last six weeks or so. Uh, think about our consumers and what they're missing, like some of the traditions that they just look forward to all year. They're not able to have because they can't travel or, or um, host people at their home the way they normally do or participate in like a Noel night downtown. What are some of the things you're hoping to do to like still bring your community together and still give them some of these great experiences? Because pets are family. Yes. They all have their pet family there no matter what. They may not yes, be able I, to I already hired a photographer. I have my okay. photographer ready to go and we're going to do Santa. Fo- well, we do Grinch photos. Um, this year, though, I think we're going to do Grinch and Bad Santa. I just have to find the actor to do the Bad Santa photos <laughs> to actually be Billy Bob for me. Um, but we have the Grinch costume and then we have a Santa costume also. So we do the personalized photos for them. Um, I'm actually going to start that in October. I'm going to go really early this year because we're going to limit how many spaces we have and who's in the in our store at a time. And we have so many locations that she has to be at. So we're going to do it week by week. Um, I'm starting my, like I said, I'm starting my holidays in October and then my holiday sales are actually starting end of October, beginning of November. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going deep this year. We're going to start with 20% off everything and then go down to 15% off and then 10% off because I would rather sell it now at 20% off than wait until the week of Christmas. And then I'm, you know, losing money on what I have. I overordered like crazy this year on everything. Everything I did was back in um, February, right before COVID hit. So I went a little crazy on my spending and now I have to find a way to make up for it. Right. Okay. And then, you know, we've talked so much about kind of your hand built, your person to person delivery. What, how do you socialize some of these fantastic ideas? Can you give us a few things that you've seen work really well with your community on social media? Uh, honestly, I just, it, it's a little, I'll be, I'll be just be standing somewhere and something just comes to me. It's, I, I can't really pinpoint anything. Um, like I was actually listening to somebody talking last week and they were talking about, you know, somebody dressing up and delivering packages. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to turn all my delivery vehicles into reindeer. Like, because there are delivery vehicles are actually bulldogs right now. <laughs> we have them wrapped to look like my dog. And I was like, I'm going to turn my dog into a reindeer and I'm going to make my drivers dress up as elves and Santa. And how fun will that be for the kids? And then when they, when they place the order, we're actually going to call them and say, Hey, do you have children? And I'm going to have something special for the kids delivered to the house in addition to for the dogs. So I just want to go that one step further to make this Christmas just a little bit even more special for our customers. So like I said, it's just, I, I just think of these crazy ideas and my husband just lets me roll with it. And I don't know where they come from. They just pop into my head and I'm like, I'm working on this next. (laughs) I think they come from you just getting like a lot of satisfaction out of keeping your people happy and you know them so well. Yeah, I do. I mean, our customers, like I said, it's been 14 years and this has been the first couple of years that I haven't been in all the stores at all, but I still see them. I still know them. They follow me on social media. You know, they're my family. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the live videos. Um, when did you start? Were those something, did you do those prior to COVID or was that something that really ramped up during COVID? I actually stopped for a while. Um, I was doing live videos pretty regularly about two years ago. And then things just got so hectic with all the stores. I did more photos. Um, we had opened a dog bakery also. So I was doing a lot of baking in the bakery and making all these different creations for all of our stores. So I was really focusing on that instead of videos. Um, And then when COVID hit, people were freaking out, of course. So I was like, I have to calm people down. So then I started doing live videos. So they saw me, 
you know, they saw my reactions to everything, what we were doing. I was trying to make people, because at one point people were buying in bulk and just buying a ton of food. And I didn't want to run out of food for all of my customers. I wanted to make sure everybody was able to feed their pets. So I went on and I just did, you know, did the simple video saying, hey guys, you know, I've noticed there's a lot of bulk ordering going on. You need to remember everything we carry is USA made and sourced. Nothing comes from China. We're not going to have any problems getting products. Please don't overbuy. You know, right. I assure you, we will have something for you. And if I don't have it, I'll find a way to get it for you. So please don't buy so much that the person who lives next door to you can't have the same thing, you know, and we weren't telling people they couldn't, we were asking them not to. And it actually did curb it right then and there. It actually stopped. We didn't start buying, like people stopped buying a year's worth of food and they were like, oh, well, you know, she's right. And I said, I promise you, I'm going to order enough for everybody. We will take care of you. I wish I had you in my life because I literally, that was, everybody was freaking out over toilet paper, but I was freaking out over what I was going to get Coco and Stimpy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the name is Stimpy because that's my logo is running Stimpy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's um one of those low rider. He's a, a rescue mutt. We have no idea what he is, but you know, the dogs that are full size, but they have the little legs. Yes. That's what he is. And I call yeah. Them. And so he, and he, he sits like that. And anyways, like he literally, um, we thought he would be stumpy, but I'm a huge Ren and Stimpy fan. I'm like, Stimpy. <laughs> Anyway, actually, we when I had the logo done, I love the Ren and Stimpy. And when he came on, he changed my logo. He had new cards made and changed the logo. I've never been so mad in my whole life. And like a year later, he came and surprised me. He actually got my name tattooed on him in the Ren and Stimpy font. And he said, I will never, ever try to change your logo ever again. <laughs> That's awesome. He sounds like a total gem. Yeah, he's a good one. So looking at, I just want to wrap up for everybody. You have the live videos a delivery live touch point. You still are doing events. Um, all of these are like ways that you're able to really kind of create that emotional connection and trust and just like fun that you have in your brand through a pandemic, a recession, and everything else that's going on. And, and let's talk a little bit about what you've seen with pets through COVID. Like you have this trusted like audience and customer base. How did that change in terms of all these new adoptions we heard about and everything else? Like, can you give us some insight on that in your community? Yeah, I've never sold so much puppy food in my entire life. It was like every order that came in was for puppies. So we hand wrote cards to every single one of them and said, you know, when we can't wait until you can bring your puppy into the store. And we gave them tips and tricks. Like we said, Please make sure that you're leaving your puppy for 20 minutes a day because once everybody's no longer in quarantine, you're going to be going to work and the puppy's going to go crazy, you know, and it's not going to be used to you not being home. So we were still giving training tips and tricks. Um, but yeah, we, that was the biggest thing was the amount of puppies that were coming out of the shelters. The shelters were cleaned out. One of my friends actually runs a rescue and she's traveling to Miami right now to get dogs for wow. people here. Yeah. So she, if she was doing that before she was helping uh, chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are very easy to adopt out. So she was getting chihuahuas because they, in uh, Mexico, apparently they have so many that they will put them to sleep because they just don't have enough homes for them. So she was getting them from there, but now she's going anywhere she can to get dogs for rescue. So wow. the rescues have really pulled together. They really have. Do you anticipate that's something that will continue through um, holiday of this year? I think that a lot of these dogs are going to end up back in the rescues simply because the owners are going back to work. And I think that, you know, that's going to be, it'll probably be more of a problem, but hopefully people will still be adopting. And, and, and during the holidays, that's actually our biggest push is we try to get as much as we can for the rescues. We try to raise enough food to where that we can feed all the rescue dogs for a whole year. 
Awesome. That's great. Um, and that's something that I've been worried about too, or like the whole 101 Dalmatians effect, but with a recession, like that's really not a great thing. So let's talk, obviously your business is encased with social impact. <laughs> like everything you do is about animal welfare and everybody can see and feel the love you have for dogs. Is there anything that you align with specifically, or is it more just that's who you are like completely? Since I was a kid, my, yeah, I, my parents always had a lot of dogs. Um, they, they just put that love of animals in me. I'm that person. I'm going to die petting something I'm not supposed to, you know, <laughs> Every trip that we take, it's like we went to Punta Cana. Why? Because I read you can pet monkeys there. You know, I want to go to Thailand because I heard you can like get in the water with elephants. So everything that I do is always focused around animals. When even when we went to New York, if you were looking for me, I'm feeding pigeons, which people were getting mad about. I didn't care. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've always been about animals. They're just they they're just the sweetest souls and just uh they make me so happy. Me too. Especially through this time that we're in right now. I don't know what I would do without my dogs, frankly. So, well, I have to say, I just am so, it's not even inspired. I feel like you really have like another level of energy that you bring to the art of being a specialty retailer, shopkeeper, community manager, like you are all those things that I think specialty is embodied. And you really have shown us in what you've shared today, that not only is there a future for specialty retail and people coming back together in this environment, we need it more than ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Would you agree? Absolutely. I try to shop small as often as I possibly can, you know, and it's hard because like right now with restaurants, you know, most of them are closing at eight and I'm open until seven, seven thirty. I'm usually there. So we can't eat out at the restaurants as much as we want to, but we're still trying to put all of our dollars back in our community. And we even, when this first happened, the first thing I did when businesses had to close is I went and bought gift cards from got close to a hundred different places. Um, and we gave them out to our customers. We, we did a thing where if you bought a bag of food from us as a donation to one of our local rescues, we were going to actually take that bag of food, give it to the rescue. And we were going to send you a gift card for a certain, you know, a different amount for every single one. Um, and they were all the businesses in our community. And we're like, you know, we supported them now. And that way you'll find this new place after this is over and they're open again, you can go there, you can use your gift certificate. It's completely free. So you helped an animal and you got free food. And we're helping a small business. So it's just a win-win all the way around for us. That's amazing. Well, that's awesome. Tell me, tell my amazing audience where they could learn more about Dog Crazy. Uh, we're online. It's Dog Crazy with a com. It's uh, Dog Crazy with a K dot com. Um, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'll be more though. I just hired somebody for social media. So you're going to see more coming from me for that. Good. And then tell us quickly about the dogs that you guys have in your family at home. So we have uh, the dog I opened because of is a bulldog named Piglet. She was the love of my life. She's actually, when you order from us, you get a picture of her. Oh, with a thank you for shopping small on the back. And that's her paw print. Um, like I said, she passed away a couple of years ago, but I still make sure she's involved in everything that we do. Um, and then when she passed, I adopted another little bulldog that actually had backward legs, bad kidneys. He was a mess, but he's my model. If you go on Instagram or Facebook and you look, you'll see every picture is almost, almost everything is of him. He's my little model that I use for everything. Um, we have a bull mastiff named Tala, um, another bull mastiff mix named Stir Fry Fat Guy, a beagle named Sushi, and then my pig, Jimmy Dean. She did say pig. Yes. 250 <laughs> pound pig. Uh, yeah, I have a thing for pigs. They're all over my house too. And this pig is allowed in the house. I remember you telling me. Yes. When Piglet, my bulldog passed away, my husband wanted to move out of our house and I didn't want to. And he said, what do I have to do to get you move? I said, I want to adopt a pig. 
And I said, I still want to say pig. So if you let me adopt a pig, I'll move. So he let me adopt a pig and he was supposed to be a teacup. And of course he's 250 pounds like a teacup should be. Oh my gosh. We bought him a love sack. Like he sleeps in our living room. He's a good boy. I hear they're actually really smart. Extremely smart. Right before this, he actually broke into my bedroom and went into my bathroom and knocked over the trash can and opened the cabinet. (laughs) That's amazing. I just think, I mean, your life is like a reality show in a lot of ways, but what you have shown us here is really bringing things back to personal touch. Simple is better in a lot of ways in terms of just that human to human connection. And then don't be afraid to be creative. I mean, you really have shown that that personal touch and just going the extra mile to really convey like what your specialty brand stands for and how it's different is going to win every single time. So yeah, and always stand by what you believe in. Like I'll never with us, we only carry products that I'm that I'm a hundred percent that I would bring home to my pets. I've never strayed from that and I never will. And that's one thing I see people caving and they're like, oh well, this is a really good sell. And I'm like, yeah, but would you use it with your animals? Because if you know, if you would use it, then carry it. But if you wouldn't, then don't, because why would you sell it to your customers? Right. So like if it's in my stores, I tr- it's something that I would have in my own home and I I will back that product. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Nancy. This has been very refreshing and uplifting. Um, it's a, the end of a, the long week that we've had. And I literally feel like I'm fresh and ready again. Like this was so inspiring. And I'm so glad that we got to connect. And I really hope that my awesome audience gets the same lift from your energy and from your great ideas that I have today. So just thank you so much for all you do and for joining us on Channel Mastery today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yep. And we will be following you at Dog Crazy across all of the interwebs. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you're finding value in the Channel Mastery Podcast, and I certainly hope you are, I'd love to ask that you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, as well as rate and review the show on iTunes. Doing so helps more people discover the content, more specialty business and brand leaders can be helped by the incredible resources we're offering every week on the show. I also would like to invite you to join our community at channelmastery.com or verdepr.com. Sign up with your email and you'll receive special resources and content created just for friends of the podcast. You'll also receive advanced notice of new Channel Mastery trainings and offerings Thanks for listening and see you next week.